Hey Stockholm Community Church, welcome to our online service today, Sunday, February 25th. My name is Brandon Konis, the pastor here. It's so good to have you with us today. Here in Sweden, we're celebrating sport love. It's the beginning of that sports break where kids from schools are able to get out for the week and hopefully enjoy some winter activities. So we hope that you are able to at least get out and enjoy some of the nature that God has around us, even if it is just to go for a long walk. So today we're going to begin the, uh, a brand new series called A Place for Everyone. That's what we envision and long for the church to be as a place for everyone. <clears throat> Before I moved here to Sweden uh, in the United States, uh, along with pastoring, I also worked as an employment coach. I helped people find jobs. I helped them apply for their jobs, update their resume, their cover letter, uh, their CV. Uh, and help them apply. And then when they got called in for an interview, we prepared for those interviews. Uh, and one thing I strongly encourage people to do was not just to uh, go in and be prepared to answer the questions. We practice the questions that, that they could potentially be asked, but also say, hey, be ready to walk in and ask some questions about uh, the workplace because that showed that you have an interest. And, and for them, one of the questions I always encourage them to ask is, what is the culture or what is the DNA of this workplace? Because people wanted to work at, a, uh, at an employment or at a job that they felt good about being at. Yeah, there's going to be hard days, there's going to be tough days, and work sometimes wasn't going to always be the easiest. But as long as they had an environment where they felt good, where they felt safe, where they felt encouraged and cared about and seen, people wanted that type of place. And they'd rather have that than the little bit higher of a paycheck. They would take less money for a great workplace because we also know that our job, we're there eight hours a day and that helps with our, our work life and our, our, our just our personal life, our feeling of life overall because sometimes we carry home. So if we can get to a, a place of employment that we feel good and we feel well about, it's going to carry over into the rest of our life because we will then go home happy. We'll wake up happy. Hey, I get to go to work today. Yeah, it's a hard project, but at least I get to be at a place where I like and there's people that I'm surrounded by. And so that has often led me to, to not often, often, but sometimes just go, okay, take a step back and go, is, is our church, is Stockholm Community Church a place where people want to be? Do they, do they, when the alarm goes off, is it like, okay, yeah, I get to go to church today. I'm excited to be at church. I'm, I'm glad and thrilled to be able to meet the people. And I feel good about being there. And it feels like home. And it's a place I, I want to be. Do they experience love? One of our values, experience love. I mean, my son Elijah, he's like that right now. Even at four years old, he's excited when it is Sunday morning to wake up and to go to church, not only to see all of his friends, but he loves helping set up. He will come with me and he will push all the boxes out from the closet that are on the wheelie system. He just loves it. And he's really sad and disappointed when it's a Wednesday and it's church day. No, sorry, bud. Today's not church day. It's going to school. Oh, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. I hope that we have some of that enthusiasm in going to church and that, that people, when we wake up, it's like, yeah, I get to be at church today. And I truly do believe that we together 
have created. And if you're not a part of our church, when you walk in, I truly believe that you would feel that this is a, almost like home for you, that it is a place of warmth and genuine care and of authentic people, people that are just like you trying to figure out this relationship with Jesus or even some people that are trying to understand who is Jesus and what does he have for me. I truly believe that this is part of our DNA, that people want to be a Stockholm Community Church, that our place is a place, our church is a church where people experience love, they get to grow in community, and that they have the power to make a difference in the lives of those around them. So we're gonna talk about this, a place for everyone over these next few Sundays that we have together. And we're going to specifically hone on, do people experience love? I mean, so I believe that's what our church is about. And so today, it may feel a little bit off where we're going. But hey, even though we believe that's how it is and who we are, we should also know, okay, be looking out for, are we causing others to not feel that way. So today is maybe more of a warning or maybe more of a, hey, let's make sure, let's check our spirits, let's check our surroundings and make sure we are creating a positive and loving environment to, for people to come. Oftentimes in, in our world today, at least even know where I come from in the United States, church is often designed for a group of people and that is what we will call church people. Meaning, you, church is for those that know where the book of Ephesians is at and they can almost beat the pastor's wife, my wife Angela, to find that. They even know where the book, where the, where the Bible divides between New and Old Testament. Churches for people that know the songs, church people know the songs that we sing. In the United States, there's Christian radio. Here, it might be our Spotify playlist. We've been practicing, we've been rehearsing. We, we know when Hillsong Music or Maverick City or Elevation Church is coming out with a new album. We know what uh, Pastor Steve Turek just shared about this last weekend. Churches for people that know how to dress like a church person. P churches for people that know how to say amen and when to say amen. But that is not the environment that we should be having. Because oftentimes when it is, when that is the type of church that we have, then sometimes when we want to invite someone, it's like, oh, yeah, I want them to come to my church, but they're just not ready for it. They don't have the right vocabulary. They don't look the right part. They don't understand our songs and what we say. And that is a big deal for us, for the church as a whole, not just Stockholm Community Church, but the church as a whole. If church is for church people, then that will communicate that Christianity is just for church people, which then extends that Jesus really is just for church people. And do you really believe that? Do we really believe that Jesus is just for people that are a part of church? No, we shouldn't. It shouldn't be that way. But oftentimes, church as a whole has created an inside culture, an environment that no one wants to be a part of. And we at Stockholm Community Church feel that we have not created that, that we've created environments where people want to be a part of. But let's remember that we should be on guard because it's so easy 
to let this mentality come in. We don't want people when they come to visit that don't know who God is or that are far from Him or have been a part of a church but hurt by church before. We don't want them to wander in and go, okay, I, I, I might feel alright about this God that they're talking about, but what the heck are they doing? Who the heck are these people? We don't want that. I mean, even John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world. We'll just stop right there. For God so loved the world. God didn't just love the people that were in the church. God loves every single individual, every person, that, even the people that don't even know Him yet. He loves them. Not just for church people, not just for those who have a physical Bible. God so loved the world, every human, from the kindest human being to the meanest son of a gun, He loves them all. I mean, how ridiculous would it be if a gym only allowed fit people, people that were already great physical specimens, how ridiculous would it be if a gym allowed just those people to pull in and to come? It'd be crazy. So we must be careful that the natural pull doesn't cause us to be just about ourselves. And so again, we're, we're not the only ones that, deal with, that may deal with this. We, we're, we hope that our vision and that our checks and balances keep us away from that. But church as a whole, the church around the world, can. Is, I've seen too many churches that are like that. But yet, guess what? It's not just a modern day problem. It, it goes all the way back to even some of the very beginning churches. And so let's look at that. In Acts chapter 15, we find the first or church business meeting. Now, let's be honest. Most Oshmatha or business meetings are, are kind of boring. They're, they're full of a lot of different jargon. They're full of the this, that, and the other thing, the rules and how are things going. And the only business meetings that ever get viral are what? The ones that have a fight in it. Yeah. And so we don't, we don't want that to be a part of our church. I mean, I've, I've seen some business meetings where it's not gotten physical, but there's been some heated exchanges uh, over, uh, over the, the way the toilet paper should be or the way the color of paint or the color of the carpet. And we have these arguments all in the name of Jesus. I mean, if someone that didn't know Jesus came in and sat down in one of those meetings, they would be so turned off. But here we read in Acts chapter 15, the first church business meeting, because it was over a question, who is church for? So we, we pick up in Acts chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, it says this, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch. Antioch was in like northern uh, Syria, southern Turkey, so it's above, uh, Judea is the Israel area, so it's above Israel. So certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Some, so what, some, what was going on was some believers, some church people were coming in and saying, hey, to really be saved, yeah, you may have accepted Jesus, but guess what? You need to follow this law. You need to follow this rule. Now, a little bit graphic here, they were telling these men, the men specifically, you need to have some surgery. Now, would that be a church that, that we would want to be a part of? Uh, not me particularly. If there was a requirement, if there was a rule, 
to, to follow some, have a surgery before I could become a true Christian. Now let's realize the church is days, even months at the most old, and they're beginning to argue, no, he, to really know Jesus, you have to do this one thing. So in Acts, in verse 2, it says this, this brought Paul and Barnabas, so Paul was a, a missionary. He loved Jesus. He had his encounter with Jesus and, and spent time with him after Jesus went to heaven. Uh, Paul was also uh, named Saul. He was persecuting Christians, but he got radically transformed by the presence of the Lord. And so Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas was a man of encouragement that traveled with Paul to help uh, encourage churches and spread church and plant churches uh, with Paul. So it says this, this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. So this was the first heated debate. So Paul and Barnabas, the appointed guys, went back, went back to Jerusalem to talk to the, the elders, to talk to the apostles, to the governing board, basically, and say, hey guys, what do we do about this? The greater church had been organized and set up. There was a leadership process. So, so they get to decide. They said, hey, we're going to bring this down to these guys. Do we force new believers to get surgery? Basically saying, do we need them to become Jewish before they can become full Christians? So in Acts, uh, in verse uh, 3 and 4 of uh, Acts chapter 15, it says this. The church sent them on their way. And as they traveled through uh, Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. So the, the Gentiles were people that were not Jewish. So if you weren't Jewish, then you were a Gentile. It was the Jews and then everybody else, basically. Okay, so when we talk about Gentiles, it's everybody that wasn't Jewish. Then the, the last part of verse 3 again, this news made all the believers very glad. So people were celebrating what God was doing in the Gentiles' lives there in Antioch. When they, Paul and Barnabas, came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church. So there was a church that had already been established, the very first church there in Jerusalem, and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. So Paul and Barnabas shared with this group, these elders, hey guys, this is what God has done through us and in us. And this is what God is doing in the Gentiles' lives. These are the miracles. These are the things that are taking place. This is how many people. So they basically kind of gave that report of, hey, here's all the great things that God is doing in their lives. Then in verse 5 it says, Then some of the believers who, be who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. Now get this. These guys belong to the party of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the enemy of the early church. If you were here for any of our conversation last fall about faith over fear, we talked a little bit about the Pharisees. They were the group that spearheaded the, the move and the drive to, to take Jesus out, to kill Jesus. So they were the enemies of the Christian movement, of the followers of Jesus. And yet some of these people that were the enemies actually turned out to follow Jesus. So some of these guys and Pharisees knew the law. They knew it forwards and backwards. They were the gatekeepers. They were like, no, no, you have to walk this fast to get there. You know, they, they, they had everything in order. 
So basically, in, in our day, these guys would be the guys that said, hey, before you can come to church, you need to, to get in line. You need to follow the rules. Maybe you need to fix your clothes. You need to clean up your language. You need to change the shows that you're watching, the music that you're listening to. Maybe it's even the food that you're eating or the car that you're driving. I don't know. There's Churches sometimes put all kinds of barriers in front of people that say, before they say, hey, before you're a part of us, you got to do these things. I mean, what kind of, what kind of place is that? I mean, going to a gym, if my gym were to say, hey, you got to buy these clothes and have these shoes before you can walk in, I'll just go a little bit farther down the street where I can wear the clothes that I already have. That's not a kind of a place that, that we would want to be. But yet, these guys did it. They weren't uh, mean about it, but just like, hey, this is what they thought. This is the process that, that they thought it was supposed to be. So they're in this big church business meeting and having this discussion. These guys presented their case. These uh, former Pharisees presented their case, why these folks should be this way. And then Paul and Barnabas got up and said, hey, guys, you know, this is what God has done through the Gentiles and in the Gentiles. So they were giving credence to the weight and authority of what was happening and taking place in the life of the Gentiles. Then we read in verse 7, after much, much discussion, Peter, one of the original disciples, got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips. So Peter was a hardcore Jew. So God sent him to the Gentiles to hear from his own lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. Peter is saying, hey, you know, Paul and Barnabas are giving us the stories about the guys up in Antioch. And here's my own story about the Gentiles that I went to, how not only did they believe in Jesus, but the Holy Spirit the, the person Jesus said was going to come be a part of us because we waited 40 days in that room. Remember, guys, we waited for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on us. The Holy Spirit who Jesus promised us is also in them as well. And this shocked, probably shocked a lot of the Jews because to them, they thought, okay, the Holy Spirit's for us, us Jews. God gave us the Holy Spirit. And now you're telling us the Holy Spirit is also with these guys? So the wheels are spinning in, in this group's head and in all these people that are there in the business meeting. There was evidence of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of Gentiles, not just in the Jewish people. So then to them, it's like, okay, so if the Holy Spirit's working in their lives, do we need to change things? Are we doing something wrong? Do we need to lower our standards? Do we need to scratch all the rules that we thought were in place? But in that moment, Peter is reminding the people, hey guys, guess what? The gospel, the message of Jesus isn't just for us Jews. It's for everyone. Because again, for God so loved the world. Not just the Israelites, but the world. He loved them all. The gospel is not just for church people. It's for everyone. And then in verse 10, we, we find this. Now then, why do you, so this is Peter again, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke 
that neither we nor our ancestors should have been able to bear. No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. So Peter's saying, hey guys, we had this law. You're right, we have this law. But guess what? It's become a burden for us. It is a yoke. A yoke is the, uh, the, the wooden bar that was set on, uh, on the oxen as they plowed the field because then the, the driver in the back had the reins to help as the oxen pulled the plow. And he's saying, hey guys, why are we putting this yoke on these people? We shouldn't be doing that because we couldn't even carry the yoke. I mean, guys, there were 600 laws, more than 600 laws that we were given. Did we really follow them? Maybe Peter was like, hey, you know, I, I see you. I see you, Barabbas, there in the back. Remember, you know, Jesus told us to, to you know, the law told us we need to clean ourselves this often. I remember you skipped it just a few weeks ago and you came and confessed that to me. Hey, Lydia, remember, you know, this is the law. And you remember what, what happened the last time? You know, you know, I see you back there in the, in the back as well, Bob. You know, we've had this conversation about law number 575. Maybe, maybe, maybe that was going through some of their heads. I don't know. Peter's saying, hey, guys, we as Jews, God's chosen people, we even struggled to fulfill every single law all the time. You know what, church? God calls us just as we are in our brokenness, in our humanity, in our frailty. It doesn't matter the, the sin that we're carrying in as we come to, to meet God because we're meeting God and He loves us the way we are. Jesus told the parable of that prodigal son, the son that had everything and he wanted his his money, he wanted his inheritance so he could go party, have some, have some fun. And then when his money was gone, his friends were gone. And he ended up trying to work for a farmer and he couldn't even eat the, the food of the pigs. So this guy's like, man, I might as well just go back home. You know, the guy's living in mud and filth. He's like, I might as well go back home and maybe my father hire me as a servant so I'll at least be cared for. But then the father, as the son is coming home, the father sees the son at a long distance off and runs up and hugs him. He didn't go, oh, wait, no, let's get you showered off and then I'll hug you. He hugged him, dirt, smelly, covered in filth and manure and all. He hugged him and loved him. And that's what our heavenly father does for every single one of us. He hugs us and embraces us as and when we come to him. But in this story, there's a divide. There's the ex-Pharisees saying, hey, circumcision time. There's Paul and Barnabas saying, hey, we don't think so. Because they got the Holy Spirit. So there's clear evidence. They said, guys, you know what? You guys are the elected. You're the elders. You're the, you're the ones that make the decision. What are we going to do about it? There was a clear divide. For us today, the question I want to ask today as we close, is there a divide for us? Is there a division? Or maybe in, in six months from now, is there a division? What are we going to do about it? Are we even going to allow it to come and to take place? 
we should be asking as, as, as members, as those that call Stockholm Community Church their home, we should be asking the questions, how do, how do people feel when they come to our church? And then even specifically, how do people feel when they interact with you and find out you're a Christ follower? Do they go, oh yeah, it makes sense. Or do they go, that guy goes to church? If that's what church looks like, I don't want any part of it. Paul and Barnabas encouraged the people and Peter, hey guys, see what God is doing in and through these people. So this morning, let's open our eyes to see what God is doing in and through people that are brand new, that are just coming to the Lord, or people that haven't even recognized Jesus as Lord yet, but are, are on that journey and on that path, and say, Lord, help us to see what you are doing in their lives. And just like Paul and Barnabas had people excited as they were making their way down to Jerusalem, the, the believers they met along the way were excited about what God was doing in the lives of the Gentiles. We should also be excited and celebrate what God is doing in the lives of people as they come through our doors. Even just the celebrate that the fact that they came through the doors and that they're there, that they found this place. They may not be all, all in right away, but they're there. So we celebrate that. We are excited that someone is here and with us. It doesn't matter if they believe the same that we do or not. It doesn't matter if they, they've dressed up perfectly. It doesn't matter if they smell the best. It doesn't matter if they have sweat stains under their, their armpits. It doesn't matter if their kids run around like crazy. I mean, mine does. What matters is the fact that they're there. And we're excited and glad that they are there and with us that we get to worship the Lord together and we get to seek God together. And through the course of, of us just loving and caring and allowing them to experience love, the love of the Father will be the one that, that guides people along, that brings them into the truth, that says, hey, here's a place to fix. And guess what? I hope that you as well and myself as well are opening ourselves up and allowing the Holy Spirit as we go on that journey of continuing to grow closer to Him. Okay, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. There is that area that I need to fix. There's an attitude that I need to get better with. There's some time management that I need to be better at so I can have more time with you. So there's a divide in the church, in the first church. I wonder what's going to happen. We'll talk about that next week. So but before we go, just pray this prayer with me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are ever present with us. You desire your house to be a place where everyone feels welcome and wanted. Help us at Stockholm Community Church to take the necessary time to examine our lives and see if there are ways that we can cause others not to feel welcome or to feel loved. Our desire is to celebrate what you are doing in the lives of others. Help our eyes to be open to see what you are doing. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're out there watching this or listening to the podcast and you want to have Jesus be a part of your life to experience his love, just write a comment. I want to be with Jesus. Or just send us a note through stockholmcommunity.se and we'll get in touch with you and we'll help you begin this journey of discovering who this Jesus is and what he has for your life. Because the Bible says that Jesus has more for you than he wants from you. 
So God has a lot of great things for you. And we believe that here at Stockholm Community Church. So thanks for being with us. I pray that this question of, are we a divided church? Are we creating divisions? will linger with you this week because next week we're going to find a solution to that. We're going to see what the first church decided in this question. We're going to see how God wants to move us forward to create a, an atmosphere, an environment of love and care for people. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday, March 20, March, not 23rd, March 3rd here online again or on our podcast. And then we're back in person again, March 10th. We look forward to seeing you in person. So have a great sport, Loaf. Everyone, enjoy your week because we truly believe that your week will be great because Sunday's here. Make Mondays better. Have a great week.